0: Now for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching
1: around the world on HBO pay-per-view, ladies and gentlemen from Mandalay Bay, Las Vegas, uh, let's get
2: Hello, sports fans, and thank you for listening to the TTM Sports Show. The sports podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. Where you can guarantee
0: explosive debate. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
1: trending topics
0: big interviews and guests
1: and regular uploads
0: proudly sponsored by prestige
1: paving and patios and anstis grounds and gardens so strap yourself in for the latest episode of the ttm sports show (laughs)
2: Hello and welcome to episode number 78 of the TTM Sports Show. My name is James. And my name is James. And together we are TTM Sports, the sports-friendly podcast which is by the fans... For the fans,
1: absolutely. And as always, if you are a fan, you want to come on to the TTM Sports Show. You want to talk to us? We're open to anything. You can talk to us about anything you want. We've had Dan, the Legion United fan, come on to talk to us. We've had all sorts of people want to come on and talk to us about anything, from football to Tillywinks. Now, um, one thing that we are going to talk about, though, James, a lot of controversy. We've let the dust settle on it a little bit. We watched the fight last week, Josh Taylor, Jack Cattrall. We watched it. We scored it. <laughs> Us, uh, with the rest of the boxing community, stunned by the result. And it throws up the question, James, you know, we all know sport, particularly probably boxing, unfortunately, at Mm. times, can be a little bit shady, can be a little bit... um, you know, just surprising at times with the politics and, and everything else. The scorecards on that fight, we know, and everyone knows, and there is an investigation going on, which is still yet to be. Complete. Oh, Ian John Lewis, in my opinion, should never judge a fight
2: ever again. To <laughs> yeah. have 116 114 to
1: hundred and eleven, oh, I think he had the fight. Uh, we had it heavily in favor. We, I think we had eight rounds to four in favor yeah. of Jack Cattrell. Yep, yeah. maybe a little bit biased, and you get a little bit of the home crowd thing with 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 uh, Taylor in in Glasgow for the homecoming, but. I think anyone with with a brain cell, or even Josh Taylor in the Cold Light of Day, would probably accept that Jack Cuttrel won the fight and should be the unified um, super super lightweight uh, champion of the world, Ooh, junior welterweight, whichever way you want to spin it. But we all know he won the fight, so you know. There have been some wild injustices in sport over the time. We've got a selection, a little few. We've we've probably only touched the surface, know, tip of the iceberg here, but these are the ones which stood out to us when we decided to talk about it. Biggest sporting injustices, James.
2: Uh, yeah, first and most foremost, it's back to the squared circle. The year, 1999. The venue, Madison Square Garden, New York. It's uh, Lennox Lewis against Evander Holyfield for the undisputed heavyweight championship Of the world Lennox Lewis coming into the fight As a heavy favourite in my opinion Was the B side of the fight Dominated the fight On unofficial uh, judges scoring cards He won that fight Easy I'm talking 8 rounds to 4 It was that wide Yeah what we got Was a split decision draw
1: Yeah you know I don't personally remember the fight It was the first one that came to your mind James You know it might have just been a little bit before my time I would have been about 8 years old uh so boxing was probably replaced with wrestling in my world um at that particular time um but yeah looking at the scorecards you've shown me james we watched a little bit of the fight back um no brainer it just you know another another dark chapter of boxing's shady scoring what past we match on the judges yeah scorecards? You know, we 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 both know that probably uh Tyson Fury and Joe Calzaghi aside Maybe would have a case. Lennox Lewis is the greatest British boxer. Um, Henry Cooper as well. You could add into the mix as well, and others, obviously. Uh, but but Lennox Lewis is the guy, and he's the guy in British boxing. He's he's the he's the Mount Rushmore. Um, he, we all know he went and got got his revenge. He beat as he, every man exactly. he's ever faced. Exactly. You know, we all remember him getting laid on his back by Hassim Rackman and avenging that one. And he's avenged this one as well with Holyfield. Um, but again, it just shows, James, boxing uh, scoring is is very strange at times. Very, very strange. I
2: think there needs to be a new regulatory board. I mean, you know, even punches landed. I mean, there should be a point system similar to the amateur point, point system. But then again, it's what you like, isn't it? So, I mean, you, you can attack it from two ways. One, if you do an Olympic-style point scoring system, you're still going to get controversies. We saw Roy Jones Jr. against the uh, Korean mm. uh, back in 88 at the Seoul Olympics. Um, it was an absolute travesty, led to a new scoring system. You still get inaccuracies and injustices within the boxing scoring system. For me, I think ex-professional fighters should be on the judging panel. Yeah,
1: Um I agree Um, it's the old argument we have with VAR you know we should have ex-professionals in Stockley Park and it's a bit of a closed shop uh, these sort of things you know we spoke to Mark Holsey uh, former Premier League referee and he was heavily against players going into the VAR booth you know Um, and and like I said it's a bit of a closed shop they don't want to let outsiders in um and and you know that there's nothing to say that a referee who's been in the middle of the ring with some of the most important and biggest fights of of a generation wouldn't know what what a good fight looks like james
2: i've never officiated a boxing fight in my life and i know that jack hatter won that fight
1: yeah absolutely So how
2: is it that ian john lewis is allowed as a wbc certified referee allegedly allowed to score that fight that heavily the opposite way.
1: Yeah. He, must um,
2: have, he couldn't even been looking at
1: the fight. I think, well... And that's with
2: knockdown yeah. for Cattrall. That's another two yeah, rounds. Yeah, and, and a point
1: taken off for Taylor yeah. as well. Um, You know, and, th- and that fight was messy as, as anything as well. And there was a lot of, you know, a point taken off of each, probably just about right in the end. But with a knockdown as well, um, the way Cattrall boxed, um, clever, um, smooth, the cleaner work. Um, he had
2: the uh, he had the, the the shoulder defensive posture of Floyd Mayweather.
1: Yeah, Josh Taylor was was way off it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where we go with it. Uh, can you think of a better way to score a boxing boxing match than, than than the way it's being done now?
2: Yeah, an ex-professional fighter and five judges.
1: And it, it, you're not eliminating the problem, though. You know, it still comes down to individuals. Um, I don't know what the answer is, James. I just know that that it can't continue, and and so many people have said that that it's put them off the sport. Um, a lot of people very angry about it. Tyson Fury said he's going to have no British judges at all when he fights Dillian White at Wembley on the twenty third of April. Um, he knows full well he's going to knock him out and not going to need the judges. But it's a you know even Tyson Fury is saying about it. And when Tyson Fury speaks, you listen. Um, boxing aside you know we know f- there's been some major injustices in boxing over the time and it's in it's such a grey area and it's such a a stain on sport at times particularly the great sport of boxing it's
2: a shit stain on the results card it it's is it is.
1: It's, it's bad um who
2: likes a shit stain i know i don't
1: no and we did we spoke about shit stains on the last one uh, mm. shit off a shovel and everything else that came along with it but anyway moving on from uh, poo um, football's had its had its uh, fair share we won't talk about 1966 because the ball was over the line it's been just no ingestim- really verified well I, I you know I, I think it was at least miles over the line miles at least sort of two, for two or three feet over the line that I would say two or three metres you know the net the net actually rippled a little bit as exactly. well you know so I'm not having that one but Lampard 2010 against Germany that was Disgraceful. So far over the line, it was it was nearly touching the back of the net. Uh, Mamadou Noy is the luckiest man in. Well, he was the luckiest man in Africa at that time.
2: Well, he's a liar, isn't
1: he? Yeah, he's a liar. He, he knew that he, crossed the line. Yeah, and, and you know he's he's Oliver Kahn light, isn't he? And he mm. was a, he was a wanker as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was a massive injustice. Oliver can't uh, another one from uh, twenty ten? Um, the twenty ten World Cup was we spoke about a James Ghana. Um I tell you that the, that come
2: to my mind straight away, Luis Suarez.
1: Uh, what was it? Two all in extra time or no, no two no. way were two one down in extra time. Um Asamoa Jayan uh, was the guy Stepped that missed up. the penalty. Yep. Um the header came in, it was probably someone like I can't remember who used to play for them. Andre Bk, someone like that, former Reading, Charlton <laughs> defender. You know the one. Yeah, right back. <laughs> yeah, um, right back comes. Portsmouth a little while well, I think. I think so. Possibly they had a few few players go through in, in that sort of period. Yeah, um, but anyway, the header comes in. Ball destined for the goal. Luis Suarez on the goal line saves it like a keeper. Um, red card. He didn't get. He that didn't is care. a Harrison move. That all is day. elite. Top level yeah. shithousery. Yeah. Um, he did go on to miss the semi-final um, but you know we all know what Luis Suarez is like but that is such an injustice in, you but know. he
2: knows Luis Suarez if he was to miss the semi-final and they got through he'd he play in the final yeah, if he didn't do anything they wouldn't be in the semi so he did exactly it so it, a it, was a a, it
1: was you know and Uruguayans must have loved him at the time because it was a massive sacrifice to make yeah um, and you know and ultimately it paid off because the penalty was missed he hit the bar didn't he he did did like, he hit the bar yeah, it went so he sat high the, keeper high and the keeper down and, and hit the, the bar um, Asamoah Jayan, I once saw him play at the Stadium of Light actually for Sunderland um, good player play um, left the Premier League too early in my opinion I think he had a lot more to offer but he's god in Ghana um, he's god um, so that was a bad one um, another footballing one James, we've got a few more footballing ones because football is where we're at basically isn't it, with uh, with what we uh, what we like to talk about um, Henri, Thierry Henri everyone's, everyone's goat Uh, 2009 uh, we all know the one ball bounces up he's just about to go off the pitch to the byline handballs it keeps on the pitch squares it across there's William Gallas Republic of Ireland knocked out of World Cup playoff
2: well look I mean je ne sais quoi it's it's, it's one of those things I think he deliberately cupped his hand to to keep the ball into play you know uh, it's just in inexcusable and indescribable shithousery yeah uh, I and, mean, I, and I always just as bad for mm. cinema he knew what happened
1: uh, uh, yeah, Omri uh, I mean,
2: Gallus uh, has got form in shithousery
1: he has I've Look never the
2: transfers between the clubs he played for Chelsea Arsenal and Tottenham
1: yeah yeah exactly he'd have gone to West Ham after Tottenham if they'd have offered him a contract <laughs> that's true <laughs> um, even yeah. Brentford yeah you know I Galas did, arri- did arrive he did arrive Spurs for a couple of years under red map, but he never never should have been at the club. Um but yeah, you know, Henri I always knew he was a cheat. I I Tottenham fan growing up, Thierry Henri, the scourge of Tottenham. Don't like the guy. Um that just that just cemented it for me. Uh cheat, Thierry Henri, cheat. That was that was a major injustice. You I think Rob Pires a- was a cheat as Pires well. Pires was a cheat as well, he was a diver. Um Robbed Republic of Ireland of an appearance at the World Cup. Potential because it would have went to penalties. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I would have fancied them with people like Robbie Keane, Damien Duff, uh, and she <laughs> um,
2: given in goal.
1: He was the guy, Kevin Kilburn. Wonderful
2: left foot. Good,
1: good team Ireland at that time. What they would do for some of those players now, James, with the standard of Republic of Ireland in a minute, you know, it's, this Troy Parrott and and Nasia Lock really. Um, whatever happened to um,
2: James what? McLean?
1: Yeah, he's still there, isn't he? Um, Jonathan Walters, he doesn't surely play no more. Uh, Shane Duffy at Brighton, he's sort of their main main sort of centre back, and he Seamus Coleman's probably still going strong.
2: John Joe Kenny floating around? He,
1: no, he's he's actually English. Oh, is he England under twenty one international, John Joe Kenny? One of those players, I always think he needs. He just should get a move. He should just move on. You know, he's never going to break into the team at, um, ever. Because as soon as Seamus Coleman goes, they're going to replace him with some. They're going to want to go splash out somewhere. Um, Anyway, footballing ones again, James. Um this is one off the field really the next two not so much on the field. Manchester City having their um financial fair play punishments overturned in the Court of Absolute Arbitration disgrace. for Sport. We all saw the video of the lawyers there was about 20 lawyers all turning up with briefcases. They, you know the, the Court of Arbitration for Sport they never stood a chance when those guys turned up. That was game over. But just Money Talks we spoke about on the on the previous podcast Money Talks. Liverpool should be
2: awarded the 2014 Premier League title because Manchester City broke for the second time. FIFA fair play regulation yeah but that wasn't
1: the reason why Gerard slipped irrelevant you were nine points you were what you were you were six points clear with three games to go and you didn't win the league that's not Man City's fault
2: but it is doing it because we lost the league by
1: two points or one point yeah but that you can't you can't correlate the breaking of financial fair play rules to three games that you failed to pick up a win in
2: the reality is they would have been deducted ten points we would have won the league
1: <sighs> and if me
2: uh... well, alright then so let's talk about two and a half years ago but yet again, they broke FIFA fair play. And yet again, they got away with it. They were supposed to have a transfer embargo and bam, from the Champions League, it was overturned. What?
1: Why? I, we know why.
2: That's a sporting injustice. It, it absolutely, that is a, sport. a sporting injustice.
1: It's a sporting injustice. If you went to Neil Warnock tomorrow and asked him what his biggest sporting injustice was, it would have been the Tevez Mascherano... Um, signings at West Ham in 2006
2: which ultimately led you
1: know they went down Tevez scored about three goals in his last four games I remember the free kick he scored against someone I remember the
2: goal at Old Trafford
1: yep that on the last day of the season Uh, yeah just sort of bounced up and as it hit the ground he
2: volleyed it yeah
1: yeah it was a good goal
2: but I also remember Neil Warnock doesn't have fun really in London with Sheffield United who remembers when Arsenal cheated to try and get through the FA Cup and were forced by let's be honest the populace of the football community demand uh Arsenal. yeah that was a really football imagine. that
1: was a football injustice exactly canoe, wasn't it another cheat um uh and the other one for me which which i think is a, is a major injustice and i remember being about 18 years old um probably about 18 19 20 years old really excited thinking yeah we're going to get the world cup we're going to get the world cup in this country and it was 2018 or 2022 we were going for wasn't it Um, and we we wanted that World Cup and we were confident you know we rolled out the big guns Prince William heavily involved David Beckham heavily involved probably who who would have been the
2: disabled guy um, that no one ever really remembers yet we should Um, he was he had a wonderful story to tell it was him Beckham and Prince William and uh, And, and this is actually his 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 story reduced me to tears. I must find that out and post it on Twitter because it's uh, it's absolutely inspiring. No, I don't. I don't.
1: I'm not sure I know the guy. The
2: disabled gentleman. Uh, yeah, he was a wonderful comeback story. Uh, and uh, you know who who can ever forget it when it emerged that said Blatter around the table because the voting isn't done in one vote. It's done over three votes. Around one of voting, England were knocked out. Yeah. You know we had the strongest bid. We had the strongest bid infrastructure already in place. Stadia already in place with a plan to review and upgrade the stadiums mm. to even better status. We've got the most Category 5 stadiums in any country, so I don't, I don't understand. And he said, to so all of those FIFA delegate members, remember what the press have said about us and our corruption before voting commenced.
1: Really? Allegedly. Yeah, so, I mean, how are you can award a World Cup to Qatar? um
2: Oh, I know I want to walk World Cup to them yeah
1: there's there's only one there's one reason and God it co- and it's money and it's money we spoke about money. we didn't even bring this up James when we spoke about money in football because um, I'm gonna get really annoyed about this actually when you talk about Qatar people um you know and we're gonna have this this charade uh, next year and we've got to have a World Cup in December November and December to start with as a joke. Um, breaking up the whole football calendar for it the last World Cup was in Russia less said about them the better you know what are the messages they're sending the World Cup the next World Cup people are dying building these stadiums they're basically um, slaves
2: yeah they live in uh, communities where they're not allowed to leave they Uh, took their passports off yeah
1: um, you know they're being forced the working conditions are terrible the living conditions are worse Um, people are dying it's getting swept under the carpet Um, absolute disgrace um, what's going on over there the human rights in Qatar I'm hoping they're not as bad as places like Saudi Arabia and Iran but I guarantee you they are you know Um, it's an awful place for a World Cup the stadiums aren't even finished Um, they're talking about having um, artificial clouds so the weather's not as hot ridiculous stuff like that no no
2: no to be fair in their defence that's a thing that works, and it yeah, is used and really. they and they
1: do it as well because obviously in places like um, Dubai, there's there's no rain, is there? No. So they artificially create rain to help whatever, help the, the environment, whatever. But I'm sorry, but a World Cup in Qatar with no footballing heritage in the country, which is not always like the most important thing. You know, we had a World Cup in South Africa. But at least they've got a bit of, you know, at least they've been to a few World Cups on their own merit in the past. I think
2: it was said Blatter spanned the media narrative and the and the spin doctorate that he was, allegedly. Stated that Qatar, the reasoning for the World Cup is that football needed to be brought to every corner of the globe. Which,
1: to a point, I understand. But let you look at it like this. Where's the real money in the world? Where's the real money? it's the it's the Arab world it's Saudi Arabia it's um, For the next it's the United years, Am, yeah. Arab Emirates it's Qatar For the those next sort of places years. and they're sports washing everything because they're using sport uh, and trying to present things in a positive light in the, in that that area of, of the world to try and present themselves to the global audience as, as a great you know, look at all this infrastructure. Look at these stadiums we've got. We have these sporting events here. Look how grand it is. No atmosphere. Mm. No atmosphere. You know, um, I I uh, w- watch. Um, the FIFA or have World Club.
2: There wasn't there wasn't there uh, tickets made available at the FIFA Club World Cup a few weeks ago for locals of Qatar. There was a man who was a member of the England supporters group who uh, which I'm a part of. Uh, he sent pictures back of empty stadiums. He went there and, and and he's turned around and he said that, yeah, I think it was 600 locals turned up for one of the semi-final games.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's going to be a really bizarre World Cup. Um, You know, I was just going to talk about... Just like um, us to go and win it. You know... It really um, is. I certainly hope so. But, you know, like the Anthony Joshua-Andy Ruiz fight was in... Uh, was it Jeddah? They had it? R- Riyadh. R- was it Riyadh? Yeah, Riyadh or Jeddah. Yeah. Um, you know, built a stadium from scratch purely for the event. I bet that's just knocked down now or completely dormant. No atmosphere. No atmosphere at the fight. You know, Sweet Caroline comes on. They'd never even heard it before. They didn't even know what was going on. Apart from a pocket of probably diehard, hardcore AJ fans probably getting into it. But, you know, I think a real bad decision to have the World Cup there. And the fact that they picked that over over England. You know, I could name, we could name 10 stadiums right now off the top of our heads in this country that would be more than capable of hosting a World Cup next weekend, if it came down to it. Next weekend. We could host a World Cup next weekend at the drop of a hat. Mm. You know, Old Trafford, Wembley, um, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, the Emirates, the Etihad, Anfield, St. James's Park. Ellen Road. Uh, pff, mm, don't want Championship grounds in there. Um, Twickenham. Villa Park. Um, the Olympic Stadium. The Olympic Stadium in London. Stamford Bridge. Saint Mary's, the King Power, you know all these great Swansea. stadiums that we could. No, oh, this in Wales. Newcastle, you know, we could have we could have the World Cup next weekend. I don't I don't want to hear it, though, you know. But anyway, it really winds me up that one. It really cuts me deep. Um, moving on from football, um, this is one I know that you uh, feel strongly about, James, and it's the uh, it's the Lewis Hamilton one. It's the Formula One. Now I, I'm I, maybe maybe I'll touch on it in a minute. I'm not a big fan of the F1, but. Even I can see that 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 is a sporting injustice. I don't quite... James will take us through the details, no doubt.
2: Yeah, you, you know, Michael Massey, the FIA sporting director, changed the rules of the competition during the race to manipulate a victory for Max Verstappen. Safety car comes out... So Look, it's a long story. Long story short, Max Verstappen is an extremely aggressive driver. Wonderful driver, one of the best in the world to ever do it. But sometimes he takes it too far. He will, ha- he will crash into you if he can't get past you. It's dangerous, basically. Builds up a massive lead in the Formula 1 standards throughout the season. Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes respond. With around eight races to go, It was pretty much done. Lewis rattles off out of the last five races. I think he won four of them. They go down to the final race. They come together, sorry, in Saudi Arabia before the final race when Verstappen... That that place again? Yep, yeah, Verstappen was supposed to allow Hamilton to go through. He didn't do the manoeuvre correctly. Lewis Hamilton was straight at the back of him. Lewis managed to recover and win the race. It goes down to the final race in Abu Dhabi where... They were both on the same amount of points. However, Max Verstappen had one more race victory than Hamilton, thus placing him top of the standings. The race starts. Hamilton contentiously gets past Verstappen, who put it on pole, got past Verstappen. A lot of people argue he was maybe a bit aggressive and he got through, and I'll accept that. However, Lewis Hamilton then drove off into the Middle Eastern sunset as night fell. Tens of laps later, when there was about four or five laps to go. Nicholas Latifi, Williams driver, crashes his car. Safety car is deployed. Now, first and most foremost, there was Lewis Hamilton on old, hard tyres. The slowest compound that lasts the longest. Max Verstappen immediately pits under the safety car and gets on fresh soft tires. Soft tyres being the fastest tyre available. It allowed you just you just you could imagine someone in a Zimmer frame walking and you jogging. You just go straight past them. You can't stop it. It's too it's just too too easy. Lewis Hamilton was at the front of the queue. There was four cars behind Lewis Hamilton that had been lapped. Then there was Verstappen and there was a load of lap cars behind Verstappen. Mercedes didn't pit Lewis Hamilton because they thought that they would give up track position to Verstappen, okay? Because normally under a safety car, they would just sit behind the safety car until the end of the race. It takes about six or seven laps to clear the track of all the debris, by which time it it just would have finished under the safety car. For a neutral F1 fan, you want to see racing. You don't want to see a championship ended under Mm. the safety car. I get that. I get that. But this is where the technicality was broken, Red Bull lobbied the FIA race director, Michael Massey, which is caught on radio all over YouTube, saying, you need to move those lapped cars. I wonder why would have been my response as a Mercedes owner. So there was Lewis Hamilton and four cars behind him. They move, instructed all four cars behind Harrison Hamilton to go past him, which then moved Verstappen right up behind Lewis Hamilton under the safety car, which was a 12-second gap, is now half a second. Yeah. Why weren't the cars that were behind Verstappen allowed to go back past as well? I know it's got nothing to do with the title fight, but the reality is, is the rule was odd on a minute. How can you only move half the cars forward just so you can have a title showdown over one race? Mercedes, for me, were robbed because Lewis Hamilton was a sitting duck. Verstappen's crewed right up to the back. And remember, before all the safety car, Lewis Hamilton had played it tactically. So what happened? So then
1: so after that, so he's got right up
2: up behind him. Closed the gap. Then what they then said we're gonna go racing. Right. For one lap. Right. When really they they should have finished under the safety car. Mm. Lewis Hamilton's on old hards, Verstappen's on brand new softs. So it's like Ronaldo just waking up in the morning to go for a hundred meter race against Lionel Messi. Or a Dama Traore That's been running all night Mm. Who's going to win the race? Mm. Ronaldo Yeah So who's going to win the race? Verstappen Yeah And What they should have done In my opinion If you wanted to see racing That's fine but in the race beforehand, that FIA race director, Michael Massey, was making all sorts of weird decisions before, like Lewis Hamilton got past Verstappen, there was a crash, and then they turned around and said, OK, well, if Hamilton starts second, Verstappen start third, they were making it up as they were going along. Instead of they were given time penalties, it was, they, he lost control. Yeah. He lost control of the championship. What they should have done, in my opinion, if they wanted to go racing again, fine, I get that. I don't want to see the championship ended under a safety car either. It's boring. Mm-hmm. What they should have done is said, right... We're going to go racing, guys, for one lap. Everybody comes in and pits for brand new tyres. And then you go back out under the safety car and you race for one lap. All on an equal... Footing,
1: yeah. And if Verstappen and is, um, would have got past
2: him, then then you'd have to say, okay, fair enough. But then Lewis would have still argued because Verstappen would have went past him with an aggressive move. Yeah. And if Hamilton took him out, Hamilton would have lost the championship, and he couldn't win. As soon as that safety car came out, it was over. And this is this is one
1: of my. Um, it should have been one under. This the is one car. of my. I, I, James, I totally get what you're saying, and yeah, that is an injustice. One of my, the things which I dislike about F1, other than the fact that it's boring. Um, was
2: boring the last yeah, year okay excellent
1: yeah and i take that uh i'll give you that the 2021 was obviously had a lot more going for it but one of it is so complicated and you've got so many little rules and intricacies and like nuances that the average fan doesn't understand the casual fan doesn't understand you want to just see racing but there's so much else attached to it and um, and it, I, I find it as a casual I find it confusing that's why it's so hard to win and I find it, I find it difficult to Holland get in that's Lewis doesn't get
2: the credit he deserves as a British man he doesn't get the credit he deserves If he, he should have won that title and retired he would have made him the most decorated
1: Formula 1 driver of all time well, he past still is, Michael he still Schumacher is, no he's, he's level with Michael seven. Schumacher yeah he's right, level okay. with him should have should have 8 I think I, I think Hamilton will come back you know we all know he'll come again but
2: then again <laughs> we don't know because this season all the cars have changed all brand new regulations everything has changed The only things that remain the same is Mercedes are a works team. So they have a Mercedes engine and they loan their engines to like McLaren. So it's a McLaren, Mercedes. Do you you see what I mean? And, you know, Mercedes are a works team. It
1: it just, unfortunately, motorsport just doesn't get me going.
2: I don't like motorbike racing. It's boring. I don't like car racing. I don't like indie racing. I don't like e-racing. It's boring, but Formula One... For some reason... I, I think Formula One,
1: and, I, and I've said this before, actually, on the podcast, the event is more of more of a show than the actual race. You know, it's a rich man's playground. Well, tickets you to know? go
2: to Silverstone for a full weekend are about £260. Yeah, well, we... That's we, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's you know, incredible.
1: Well, uh, just on a, a, another uh, sporting injustice... Mm. Um, Hamilton was robbed, no doubt. Totally agree with you. You know, as a British racer, I want to see him win every time. James, there's Um, no
2: doubt he he was
1: robbed. Another sporting injustice. Uh, We um, at TTM Sports, uh, very keen boxing fans, and we made an attempt to buy some tickets for the uh, Tyson Fury Dillian White fight in in the week. And what an injustice! Was
2: well, it didn't happen once. It happened twice, didn't it? Because it happened with Carn and Brook. Uh, yeah, so thing. we've
1: been we've been stitched up now on twice. tickets twice. Despite doing everything that you need to do to get tickets, we were
2: even logged in early.
1: We were early this week. uh We were in a queue. There's only eighteen thousand people ahead of us. Two hundred and eighty pounds each for a ticket to Wembley, and that was you know we were in there fast as well. We weren't you know tailing in back in the back end when there weren't James, any tickets I logged left. into
2: the queue four hours ago about five days later or sorry two days later there were still 87 people ahead of me in the queue
1: yeah it, it's ridiculous you know um and there's a lot of people unhappy because frank warren over the past has been really critical of eddie hearn for selling all his tickets off to resellers like StubHub and whoever else i know it was Ticketmaster, who are themselves a reseller um so they're probably buying their own tickets and reselling them, and then uh, tickets being sold for four times face value. And Frank Warren was, has always criticised that, and it was you know it wasn't supposed to be this way. And he's gone back on his word, and he's been been very hypocritical. And I think, you know, it, it's almost it, it's almost like boxing now is a closed shop. If you want to go to these events, um, you have
2: to be like a member of you, the you, Fight Pass and stuff you, like that. You,
1: you need cash. You need it's you know. Declan Rice and you know Jack Grealish will be there because they can just waltz on in and pay two and a half grand for a ringside seat. The average man on the average boxing fan like ourselves priced out, priced out, and it and it's it's a problem.
2: Well, that was the episode on Sporting Injustices. If you want to get involved with the TTM Sports Show to get on in in charge of this massive, massive debating show, we are, we've got loads of space. We've got to get to 150 episodes this year. Uh, as of right now this year, we're on about 30 episodes. So we're, we're making our way nicely, but there is a lot more content to come. Three times a week, uploads come. We've got three uploads for you. The the podcast this week coming out is Boxing Monthly with David Hancock. That'll be released on Saturday, the 5th of March, followed by Monday's release of Daniel Harrison, the League United fan. his writer Reply. And then this podcast that you're listening to today will be on Wednesday. Uh, From there, we do have Pint of Football booked in to talk about his podcast and also much, much more to come. But in terms of this podcast here tonight, that is all from me. And my name is James. And
1: my name is James.
2: And we'll see you again very, very soon. Hello, sports fans, and thank you for listening to the TTM Sports
1: Show, the sports podcast that's by the fans for the fans, where you can guarantee explosive debate, trending topics, big interviews and guests, and regular uploads. Proudly sponsored by Prestige Paving and Patios and Anstis Grounds and Gardens. So strap yourself in for the latest episode of the TTM Sports Show.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.